Welcome to the Haber Show. The NBA is back. Lots of basketball to get into. And what you're probably seeing on Twitter is a lot of hot takes. A lot of aggressive, just way over the top, talking about a player who just scored like 10 points and now they're Hall of Famer. Um, So we're going to lean into that a little bit here. I'm going to get my man from TrueHoop.com. He does an amazing job analyzing, scouting, and reporting on the NBA and all the stuff that you see on film or you wish you saw on film and just lazy and you want someone else to watch it for you and make sense of it all and make it seem really smart and easy to digest. That's Coach Thorpe. Um, David Thorpe is on the pod, good friend of mine. We go back years and years and years. Lots of stories on this podcast, but mostly... We're doing all bubble, all bubble burst team. Our favorite players, the best players of the bubble so far. We did not tell each other the list before we did this. Uh, So we're learning this on the fly and it was a lot of fun. Um, So the best players and the players who have had some down performances and it gets into more big, bigger conversations about that player and that team. So lots of fun here um, talking about Zion, talking about LeBron, talking about Anthony Davis guys on the spurs the kings we're gonna go all over the place so um go read david thorpe at truehoop.com and also on twitter he's a great follow who you know gives his takes for free sometimes at coach thorpe c-o-a-c-h-t-h-o-r-p-e can't wait to get in with uh with coach here so without further ado david thorpe Coach Sorp, how you doing, man? Basketball is back. You must be just happy and dandy these days, huh? I have no complaints except for the, the obvious ones that we all have. But from a basketball coaching standpoint, this is a good time. It's fun to watch games, and I've been uh, – I'm back to my element. This is what I do. I sit in my office and evaluate players. Yeah, so I, I think you have a bunch of European clients, guys that you work out or, um, mm-hmm. you know, coach from overseas. So you normally are watching European basketball during the day and then the NBA at night. But now it's just all day, yeah. you know, start to finish. It's NBA. It's, it's like March Madness. Well, that's exactly what I think it is. It's March Madness. And I also, because of my guys that play in Europe, they play a lot of international competition in the summer, not for months at a time. You know, they right. have the – the European championship, the Asian championships. And the feel is the same. I want to get your opinion on what these games feel like. But in those games, not the Olympics, although sometimes the Olympics, those, you know, noon games in Croatia for international competition, there's like 11 people watching. Yeah. And so it's just great basketball with no one paying attention, which is kind of like what we're seeing here. Uh, uh, But, yeah, it's, it's a different thing to see the world's best players playing at 12.30 on a Tuesday afternoon or whatever. You know, I know. Giannis is playing as we speak right now. It, the, he is, and he almost uh, – I think he just tried to kill somebody out on the court. He was very upset about um, – I think he shoved him. But um, I've, been, I've been really pleasantly surprised by not just the production side of the games, but the play itself. Um, some of these guys, like Russell Westbrook, just kind of came in, had one scrimmage, or Kemba had came in one scrimmage, and then they're playing real NBA games. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I kind of set my bar a little lower because here I am, Mr. Like health and science guy, and I'm expecting, well, they've been off for four months and they have basically no scrimmage time and a two-week training camp. I was expecting this to just look a lot crazier than it is or just a lot sloppier. And there are sloppy points where yakety sacks could be playing in the background and you feel like 
man, this is, this is ugly. But that is few and far between. Yeah, so I would – I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, but I would – so the Russell Westbrook comment's amazing, especially considering he had COVID and was likely yes. going nowhere. Like, it's one thing to not be able to go to the gym to work out. It's another thing to not be able to leave your own home, although I don't know what yeah. he has in his home. So, he, yeah, he's not human anyway, right? I mean, if we're going to do an all-alien team to play the Michael Jordan team, Giannis will be the captain, but Westbrook's definitely on the team. Like, that guy is made from something really special. Uh, there are some players that clearly have, are rusty, in my opinion, uh, as expected. Defensively, I've been shocked at how bad a lot of teams have been. I normally, and you know this well, defense you think kind of comes around first. That's not been the case in a lot of these games. It's, they had a jump from literally doing nothing, including like it, it, before preseason, they're, pick, they're playing pickup in their facilities, right, every yeah. day. The games aren't great, but they're doing, they're doing they did nothing. Yeah. And then three scrimmages, which I will talk about probably. And all of a sudden the games are live and meaningful for a lot of these teams. And there's only a couple bad teams. It's like you can't even get fat on a quarter of the league. Yeah, you we get just got against the Kings and the Wizards. That's it. You just mentioned the Bucks are playing the Nets and the Nets, I think, just put a 40 piece in the first in the first quarter yeah. on, on the best defense in the world. Right. So even the floor in this in this 22 team bubble is higher than you think. Um, without question and, and and the nets are playing with a little purpose without much talent right with all those guys missing so it's been it's been uh i i've been you said pleasantly surprised uh i'm more pleasantly surprised at the whole production i watched the games in israel i watched the games in spain the acb way back in june when things were still so murky here in valencia they played this is the best it's not even close. Forget about the talent, which is obvious. The, the slickness of the production is so much better. Uh, the, the NBA guys, I tweeted this the other day, they shouldn't be spiking the ball and, and claiming touchdown. We have a, we, we're playing until October. Yeah. You know, it's August 4th. But they've got to be secretly smiling that, you know what? We're moving in the right direction. Let's just keep fingers crossed. And I, I will be emailing people daily, don't get arrogant and think that you can leave the bubble or entertain someone that's been out of the bubble. I don't care if you order a pizza. Let's just stay the course and we've got a chance to pull this off and it would be spectacular. It's just like an NBA team where you get off to a 10-0 start in the season right. and it's right. November. Like, remember, that's we're right. playing for June. Don't lose sight of what we're that's doing. Exactly. Um, and the NBA, same thing. I really like the virtual fans. I didn't know how I would feel about it. Well, not the virtual fans. The, uh, yeah. the uh, piped-in fans, yeah. you know, they're virtually. Way better than the Major League. I hate the Major League Baseball where they have straight-up, like, simulated fans or just fans that are just CGI'd there in a way that it's not live, right? They're just, like, putting fans in the stands virtually, whereas now it's, like, a Zoom call with, like, dozens of people my only thing like i, lo I love the easter eggs about it, is that like is that chris bosh is that Paul yeah, i know that was great yeah the other day it was uh <laughs> the sign guy from from the uh, lakers game um i was like is that the dude who just like holds his gold chain up and says lakers and i was like that's him <laughs> so it's really cool to see coach the, the the easter eggs of you know is that really that fan and and i, I, I believe jason tatum's son was on the on the Celtics game. And Chris Paul's son too. Chris Paul's son. Uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah. great. I mean, it's great. And I, I found myself, you know, kind of analyzing in dead time, just analyzing the crowd a little bit. And they got to do something, Coach, about the empty seats. Can we just somehow fill them? Like, what 
it's really it's it's like jarring to see when uh you know, it's every team i mean i right. i remember in miami we would watch the entire world laugh and 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 make fun of the the miami heat fans for showing up late right in the sec in the second half the whole like bottom section is just empty and my point is if if you had a nightclub in the in the arena too with the most beautiful people in the world you'd probably be late to late to your seat too but i think they got to do something about the empty seats right coach i love the idea i thought i thought about this a couple of things first of all i didn't think they would do this i thought they would just i mean there's thousands of reels of tape for every team in the league's fans doing defense and all, you know, think about the playoffs. They're all wearing a different color. I just thought they would pipe that video in doing all their different chants. I like what they're doing better. I like that yeah. people are really watching live. I wish they could get rid of the tape delay, which you can't. There is a delay so that they're doing a little free throw thing, but, they, but the free throw's already been taken, right? <laughs> so they're just, they can't, they can't literally synchronize it perfectly. So what I thought though is in place of those empty seats, they should do just like funny, Funny uh, uh, spectators, you probably have to pay for the rights, but you know, put the Dalai Lama in there, right? Put President Obama in there. Just pick celebrities that would just be funny to put in there. Uh, I think it'd be really good. Yeah, Larry Bird. Or like a local, like because we're doing Home Away, put some local, like, I don't know. People that they would recognize. Good call. Yeah, like if the Bulls were there, it would be like Barack Obama sitting there. Yeah, in great the, stuff. Yeah. You know, just like have Chicago icons or if, if the Pelicans are playing, have New Orleans icons there. Um, so they might I, really – hey, Tom, they might really – this idea may catch on more and more. I didn't even know about it. One of my friends said to me, I want to get on there, Coach. How do we do it? I was like, I don't know. If it's outside the lines, I have no idea about anything. But clearly people have figured it out. But the, the NBA, if this is the best they can do now – Give it a month. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of really creative people. I, I think the atmosphere – I just was watching a game right before we came on, and I, I just – I liked it. I was watching tape of – oh, I've watched, I watched tape of Sixers-Spurs on Synergy. And if you, if you follow the game at all, the Sixers are up 14 in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And I'm only watching Philadelphia's offensive possessions because when you're up 14, we used to always say if you're playing to 100 by, by twos and threes, First one to 50 is going to win. Like, you're just going to be able to get enough points to win when I play one-on-one out in the street full court. The Sixers up 14 in the fourth quarter. That has to be a win with all their offensive talent. So I just – I was trying to break down for you and I what happened. And – but this, this – this, so I'm not watching the Spurs actions, but the game's it's getting closer and closer. And I, I felt like for a second, God, I thought this was a game in Philly, but the Spurs fans seem excited. And then I realized, <laughs> wait, there's no fans there. And it really was a Philly home game, but there was an energy yeah. provided by the teams and the little sound design. Just wait. Some of these brilliant young people that are doing the sounds, they're going to come up with some fun visual audio, audio stuff. I think we're in for a real treat going forward as long as nobody messes around and gets sick. So the conceit that we did for today's podcast is I – there's a lot of players we want to talk about, a lot of teams we want to talk about, and to give it some sort of framework – um, the gimmick is let's choose our all bubble team and our all bubble burst team. So five players that we really love their play, the best performances, or it can just be a player you love yeah. watching in the bubble. Uh, five players, good. Five players, not so good. Um, so let's jump right in. I want to start with my first player. Uh, to okay. talk about. Let's get it out of the way here. TJ Warren. Yeah. I, so I, I'm here with uh, some of my, my cousins um, on my wife's side. Uh, my You're going to mention NC State. Uh, n- no, this is not a North Carolina thing. This is my wife's 
family is from Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah. right? And they, they have a lot of family in Indiana, in Indianapolis. And so we watched the Philly, the Philly game the other night. And some of the people who were watching the game were like, who is this guy? And I'd imagine most fans do not know who TJ Warren is. Yeah. But he happened to not just have a 53-piece uh, on the Sixers defense, which is ranked sixth in the NBA. Yeah. And he did it a lot against Ben Simmons and Matisse. It was fantastic. Right. And um, then followed that game up with, I think, 34, uh, 34 points, three blocks, 11 rebounds, and he's yeah. shooting from deep. Three, so, three steals, I think. I mean, the stat line, yeah. follow up a 53-point game, be like, actually, I can do a lot more than just score. Right. So talk to me about TJ Warren and what you're seeing from him, and is he on your all-bubble team? He, he's the only one I thought for sure would be on both of ours. Because yes. there's been more than five good players in the bubble, especially in the bubble on, on the campus, especially when you we're not having to pick the single best players. But like one of the guys I picked isn't putting up great numbers, but he's incredibly important to a team who's playing very well. Uh, TJ is, a, is the no-brainer of no-brainers with what he's done because it wasn't just one great game, right? And they're missing, like uh, Oladipo's not where he was for obvious reasons. Sabonis isn't even there at all. Malcolm, so, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, right, Brogdon. So TJ had to do it. So I, when I did a preseason preview for True Hoop, uh, I had Indiana as a, as a team that could win a championship. I don't have them be able to win it now. I just did one last week, and they didn't get any chance. But it was because I thought TJ would be so much better in this new river that he's in. Uh, you may remember this summer I wrote something about the Knicks where I, we had our artists uh, paint two like uh, rivers. And uh, I put Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett in a kayak. He did it for me. And then two other people. And the other people were way ahead of the Knicks River. Because it doesn't matter how good of a, of a kayaker you are if your river's going the wrong way, right? Or if it's going really slow. Yeah. Someone who's not as good as you in a faster river will beat you in any race. And TJ's been stuck in a terrible river. And so people were saying he doesn't play defense, whatever. And I thought, well, maybe. But I am not going to definitively say that until I see him on this franchise that actually values one-on-one -on -one defense. They do. The Pacers, a couple years ago, like, led the league in steals, and it was hand-to-hand -hand combat when they yeah. did it. Like, there's an attitude, and TJ's that dude. The other thing about TJ is when you look at his numbers, if I remember correctly, when he came in from the draft, uh, he was the best guy in the, in, the, in the draft, I thought, of moving without the ball, which is a, a skill that I greatly value. Uh, he couldn't shoot. Look up his numbers. If I remember correctly, he couldn't shoot, yeah. but he could score. Mm -hmm. Well, now he can shoot. <laughs> yeah. And he, he hasn't forgotten how to play without the ball. He's freaking good. He's just a good player. Uh, that, and good players have great games. He's not going to be a great player probably, but I wouldn't say it's impossible, but he's very good. And I love seeing he, – he clearly took advantage of his time off, and the team is letting it flow. They don't mind that he's getting off. No teammates care. Uh, it, that 53 point game was, was just amazing to watch. And, and I, I want to, I'm going to talk about Ben Simmons later, but, uh, I want to say TJ, when he's, when he's, uh, off the ball, like you said, he's moving really well off the ball. And now that he has this new facet to his game, his three point sure. shot, he's taken yes. 18 threes in the last two games and his previous two game high from downtown in terms of attempts was 11 this season. 11, so yeah. He's, he's doubling his normal output. And, of course, some of that is just he's getting hot, so he's going to pull it up from the parking lot like he did at the end of the, at the Sixers <laughs> game. But um, this is going to do so much for him, isn't it? Just the yeah. confidence and knowing I can hang with just about any score in the league. Like, 
I dropped 53 and then backed it up with 34 when everyone knows I'm number one, two, and three on the scouting report. Against Simmons and Embiid in the first game. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, those guys are no joke. I mean, you're, they're both all defensive players. Yeah, so this is on a side note, we won't get into it today, but he is representative of, of a player and a team that really excites me going forward. If Sabonis can recover, and he, listen, he yeah, could be please. back in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, We don't know what's going to happen with him. But if he can, I don't know what they'll do with Miles Turner. I'm sure we're all, we'll, have, we'll all be writing articles about what the Indiana can do if they trade Miles Turner or whatever, or Sabonis, whichever they do. They're, they're just with Brogdon. They're just an interesting team that if he can score 25 a game efficiently with a healthy old depot, which is possible, it just changes the dynamics of that team. And I'm, I'm thrilled. All right. TJ Warren. Done. What's your next one off the, uh, off the top? Okay, I'm going to go with probably the, the – well, first of all, I have, I have uh, two honorable mentions I want to say briefly. One is Russell Westbrook. He did not make my team, okay. but he easily could have. I made a rule that I wasn't going to pick two guys from any one team, and I chose a different rocket that okay. it's not hard to figure out who it is. I like that you're but, creating rules to a yeah. three days into the bubble. All, all <laughs> I do. So <laughs> I, I, love, I love Russell. The other one I want to shout a shout out to that is not an all bubble team, but I have to mention it to you because you'll love it. And I know you have a kinship with Miami and Spo. So Duncan Robinson made a play. I may write about this this weekend. Uh, he made a play where he missed a corner three. It was his fourth miss in a row. He hadn't made one yet. This was second half, I believe. And his streak of made threes, consecutive made in a game. Was on the line. Was on the line. He's 50-something. I think he had done 52 at this point, maybe 53. He missed his fourth one. And they get a rebound. They fly the other way. And I think it was uh, – who they just play that's really good, Miami? They just lost it in the, uh, in the last second. Toronto? Yeah, I think it was Toronto. So, yeah. I think Lowry was pushing. Maybe it was Siakam flying up the floor. They have a layup. It was Siakam. And Duncan Robinson was like roadrunner, flying back into the passing lanes to the layup guy from the deep left corner, and, and Siakam traveled. And I that's just awesome. thought, hey – Every coach wants that kind of shooter, right? With that kind of energy and competitiveness to race. Like if the NBA, I, if I'm the NBA, I am, they're not paying attention to this because it was just a turnover. But that is the highlight of the bubble for me so far. It's that these guys are competing. Yes. Yes. Competing. And a guy who could be just down. Not only that, no one's expecting Duncan Robinson to be the, the top transition defender in that. Right. right? And it just, I mean, most, I'm not a coach players for a living. They miss a three, and they put uh, their head down for a second. What? Not him. Boom. Especially in the deep corner. Yeah. Right. You just don't, you don't make that play. I see a lot of games. You don't make that play. So I love Duncan. All right. So, so the guy I'm going to pick that is not going to be on your list, but I think he, he's a big part of the story of what we've seen in, in three games, is Marcus All. Oh, because oh. nobody can score against the Raptors. His, his defensive rating is ridiculous. Do you know what it is? What? In the bubble, what his defensive rating is? Uh, was it 90? 70. Oh, 70 is 70, yeah. Se- yeah. Coach, <laughs> 70 <laughs> points per 100 possessions yeah. allowed yeah. while he's on the floor. It, in it the is, it, right. I wrote it down. It's 70 right here. 70 defensive rating. It's he's nuts. Plus 11 and plus 18 in 25 minutes a game. But I, I watched him on tape. He, he is the epitome of efficiency of movement and understanding what he's supposed to do he, he will chase – don't buy he, – he's not just living in the paint, although he does live in the paint. Yeah, yeah. He will race you – he raced Crowder off the line on a, on a big possession. He ran him out off that line. He just knows where to be. And the Raptors can do what they want when big boy's back there. I, I can hear them talking. 
I can hear them thinking, Siakam and Lowry, like, I can go make a play here because I got that big Spanish dude in the back. And nobody wants to mess with him. And they keep wanting to pass it out when he's around. And so I just felt like if Toronto is what we think they are, which I think, I think we're right, it's because of their defense. And their defense starts with Marcus Gasol. So I put him on the team. And there were, there were questions whether he would fit on that. Or I, I don't know if it was you, but there were questions whether he would fit on that Raptors team that you would think, I don't know, he's up there in age and he's not moving as well. That he, he, but he looks great. He looks like he's, he's turned back the clock years. And you're right. He's, he's, he's parking himself in the paint. But I think you need someone to anchor the back line to give the freedom, unlock the freedom for the perimeter guys like OG and Anobi and uh, right. Siakam, Siakam and, and Lowry and, right, and Van to roam and just beat. create yeah. chaos, right? Yeah. In, in basketball, you can have cre- uh, chaos in, in, on the wings, but you always have to have that, that foundation uh, to help you on that back line in case, hey, I just, I just jumped a pass and it didn't work out, so I, I – you know, my guy cut to the rim. Oh, but there's Mark. There's Serge. Always. Like, so I think yes. And by the way, Serge does get a mention too. He's been terrific defensively. He shows up on tape and I watch Mark. Uh, and I'll finish with this. Uh, I went to Florida uh, uh, long before Billy Donovan was there. I don't root for any team anymore now, except for my son's team I've been rooting for when he starts playing. Uh, but Joakim Noah and Al Horford and Corey Brewer. Here we go. Are the brilliant <laughs> players. You hear my point who just didn't care about anything but winning. Yeah. Like they, I didn't know them then. I've since talked to Joakim and Corey a lot about it. It was just about us. It was never about me. And they were all lottery picks, ultimately, in part, I think, because of that. And when I watch Gasol play, both for Memphis and now, th- th- there's no way he ever thinks me. It's only about us. And it's so obvious. And I think that's the big part of their culture. Not to say that Kawhi wasn't great last year. He was. And he, he broke his assist record last year. He's broken again this year. But I think it starts with Marcus Saul, that selflessness of it only matters about us. Who scores for us? How we help each other defensively? How we pick each other up when we fail? That's why they're so dangerous. And I just think it begins with him. So this is a good segue into summertime. Wherever summertime came from was the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. On my team is Derek White, who is um, – did you get? Do you have him on your team? No, but I have his first player, a different okay. one. Uh, Derek White's averaging 21 a game uh, in the in the bubble, but also taking a lot more threes. Uh, he's hitting them at a pretty decent clip. Um, but one of the things that I, I think I, I don't know where you are on this, but the charge is so annoying sometimes because you know it's it's a it's a dangerous play when you're sliding into a guy who's driving. But Derek White had five charges against yeah. the Kings. But not the, kind that the game. not the kind that I'm describing is there, w- there wasn't really a time where you watched him slide into a guy driving through the paint right. on a help defense and he just plants in front of the lane like Marcus Martin, Kyle Lowry sometimes do. But what Derek White does is so, so hard to do. If you play basketball, you know the, one of the first things you're taught is to move your feet, don't move your arms, you know, try to guard someone, move your feet, right? He moves his feet so well to pick the spot where the guy's going to go before they get there, and then he just falls. When they put their shoulder into him, he just falls. And he picks up, like, two a game doing this, which is just getting beating a guy to the spot and just falling backwards where they lower their shoulder inevitably because they got to get through you. And so not just offensively seeing Derek White doing what he does – without LaMarcus Aldridge. And again, the same thing that we're talking about with the Indiana Pacers, where there's 
an adversity where you're losing a lot of offensive talent, but that also gives opportunities. So Derek White picking up a lot of the slack for the Spurs, but also five charges in one game. Like, do you coach when you when you're coaching? Do you teach about charges or do you try to like just hey let's let's focus on like just sound defense? And is it part of um, sound defense? It's it's in my DNA. My high school coach was an Indiana Bobby Knight guy. They were friends, and so we ran. We took charters every day in practice my whole life. My ass has still got calluses from it. When I was a young coach, back when you could do this, literally, I would have one group stand at the elbow, one at a time, then one guy at the block, and I would just have him truck them. Full speed, truck them. We practiced how to fall and hit your head. This is yeah. football. Well, my players played football, too. We practiced not hitting your head. We practiced on absorbing the contact and sliding backwards. I wanted to make sure they knew how to fall and not hurt themselves. Yeah. And then we started, once they got over the fear of being hit, and actually embraced it. Uh, then we started really working on how to go get it. So we would take them in pregame warmups. We would take charges, literally. We wanted the referees to see that we valued that. So even now mm. to this day, there's never a time a I'm not priming, talking about priming the referees yeah. a little bit. I was yeah. I was trying to. Oh yeah, it, when I was 22, I was doing that even as a coach. I talk to my pro guys about it all the time too. Uh, it's a it's a part of the game. You got to be smart. But how you describe it is also part of it. It's not just about being trucked. It's also about uh, in fact, the referees going into this campus environment, one of their focal points was offensive fouls with their arms. So not just trucking a guy over. They've been, they've been calling a lot of travels, and they've been calling a lot of offensive foul calls -offs, yeah. using right. And so you've got to put yourself in position with your footwork and your speed to get there, and then you've got to have the ability to react quickly when you feel that push. It's a, it's a part of the game. You can call a cheat code if you want. Uh, I, I was funny. I was watching the Spurs for my other choice in, in this, in this backcourt was uh, DeMar DeRozan. But what I noticed is it's going to be a nightmare for teams next year if they can figure out their big positions because DeJounte Murray is athletically back. Mm, yeah. He is yeah. blindingly quick and fast again. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look like he ever hurt himself. Derek White's always been, a, I thought, a good defensive player. And now DeRozan right now – uh, the Spurs have no shot if he can't score at elite level. Let's just – let's be square. Someone has to be able to really carry the load, and he's old school doing it. Oh, he made one three the other day. He did. He, yeah, yeah. He made a three. It didn't look great, but he went in. <laughs> but uh, he's passing. He had 10 assists one game, seven another game. He had a 30-point game, a 27-point game. And everyone knows he's the first, second, or third option like TJ, mm -hmm. and he just gets buckets, but efficiently. And I, I feel like he's really grown into a leadership role. He didn't have a choice, really. And the Spurs are, to me, one of the more surprisingly, ple pleasantly surprising teams in the, on campus, if not the most. I, told, and I, I, think I, I wrote it. I, I, I wrote it. I was like, I don't think – I don't know why the Spurs are there. Uh, yeah, no one did. No one did. And here they go, you know, making yeah. a charge for the playoffs. Wouldn't that be Sh – Shame on us. Shame on us for, <laughs> for those of us that worship at the, at the feet of summertime. I know. How do we, how do we not realize? Tell, tell the story months, of summertime for those who are listening. That, so, that, so it's the best basketball article I've ever read. Um, so basically I was watching, I don't know if you were next to us or not, but we yeah. were watching the Spurs whitewash Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And I said to he our buddy, Henry Abbott, my partner troop now, I said, I, after the series, over, I said, I think we just watched the greatest offense performance in NBA history. What I said in basketball history is like, really? I said, I said, the Heat have an incredibly fast defensive team with great defensive players. And it was an embarrassment, like yeah. a real embarrassment. I think 
it was spatial. So at some point he says something to uh, Jackie McMullen. And Jackie said, you know, Thorpe thinks it's the greatest offensive performance she's, he's ever seen. And she's like, oh, let me go talk to Pop. So <laughs> the greatest part of the story is she, you know the Spurs better than I do. She books a meeting with Pop right before, this is the next year they're playing the Clippers. They actually lost that series in seven games. To go talk to Pop about the year before when they won that championship and whoever runs the Spurs PR said, no, I won't yeah. let you win it. She said, I booked it with Pop. And Pop was walking out of his office. Jackie McMullen, Jackie, what are you doing Hall here? Hall of Fame jur- journalist. Yeah. Booked an yeah. interview with uh, the, maybe the greatest coach of all time. Right. And the PR staff for the Spurs said no. Said no. And so Jackie said, luckily, as I'm arguing, and you know Jackie's not a soft person, the Pop's like, hey, Jackie, what are you doing here? She's like, coach, I was supposed to interview you about last year. He's like, what about it? She said, well, our analyst guy, David Thorpe, thinks it was the greatest offense of all time. Uh, and I just want to talk to you about it. He's like, yeah, sounds interesting. So then he told the story of after their crushing lost the Ray Allen three the year before or whatever, he just had to come up with a new way to, to build their spirit back up. And he did it by getting to the roots of the game. I wrote a book, Basketball is Jazz. He called his summertime. Same thing. The love of the game. You, it's, a, it's us. It's not me. How do you play with each other and for each other? And he got to the roots of it and put together what I really think is the greatest offense we've ever seen. Summertime. Summertime, man. Just, just play. Don't overthink it. Go watch the game. Tom, go watch game three of that series. 1-1. After the pull-the-plug air conditioning game. Yep. And then the Heat won game two. I talked to the Heat players that day of game three. They knew they were going to win. They got the split. They almost won one game without the air conditioner. And they got run over by a truck. Did, did they even dribble that game? Oh, it's unbelievable. And they, I really think Pop, Pop didn't say this to Jackie, but I feel like Pop, I've always imagined Pop saying to people like Kawhi, I know LeBron's better than you, but I don't know that it can be better than you in any one game. And it, it doesn't matter if he's just a little bit better. Our problem will be if he's a lot better. So just go take it to him. Yeah. Man, when you're open, let it go every time. He and Danny Green were firing it. Don't ever think that I'm going to take you out. Just go see if you can be better than him in any 40-minute you know, game stretch, one possession at a time. And we found out that, again, <laughs> Kawhi was amazing. LeBron was amazing, too. Perfect way to get into the next player on my list, Coach. I've got um, Anthony Davis, and everyone's going to say, oh, of course, Anthony Davis. It's Anthony Davis. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the best to do it at his position, most likely. And what I watched from him and what he did to Rudy Gobert um, – it's just offensively, I don't know if there's a weakness. Does he have a weakness offensively, Coach? I'm so proud of you, Tom. I picked Anthony Davis, too. Not that I thought – I think we're geniuses for this. He's <laughs> Anthony Davis for crying yes, out loud. Right, right. I picked him because in their first scrimmage, he took a charge, I don't know, minutes into the game. I'm sorry, minutes into the scrimmage, AD took a charge, getting trucked. Yeah. Not the softer kind. He let, he let him get that run over. The second possession or third possession of the scrimmage. The third possession, LeBron was guarding uh, Boban. They were playing the Mavericks. And he was giving Boban the business. And they called a foul. LeBron was so angry. I actually wrote about this. LeBron was competitive. He sits not been so good. But this is scrimmage one. AD had, that, had amazing first game, bad second game, phenomenal third game against Utah. And I think you're right. I think he, well, I've said this before. He could lead the league in scoring if he wanted to. He can do everything. And he, he's a big reason why I picked them. I gave him the Milwaukee equal odds to win the championship because I, 
if LeBron gets back to where LeBron was and AD stays where he is now, I just think that two-headed sword is, is better than anything Giannis can do. He, the only thing that worries me is just he's always on the ground. He's always like he's, he's hitting the deck really hard. And I guess in, in yesterday's game, I thought he almost hit his head on the floor at yeah. one point when he's going for an M1. Um, and he's just on the floor a lot. And so he's, he's classic guy who it's like, and, and I hate, I hate to say this because it almost makes it seem like he's playing it up. But every, every time I, you know, turn into Twitter one night, someone says, Oh no, AD to the locker room. And like, Oh no, this can't be good. He's the guy who always goes to the locker room and then comes right back out and gives everyone a heart attack. Just like, Oh, like it, it, what, what if he's out for, you know, a month or two right. months after the season? But he always comes back, and so um, he, he just he's always beat up, just knickknack stuff, and uh, that's what I worry about with him. But the the skill is crazy. The skill is crazy, and what I loved watching in the Utah game, and actually all every game he's had, his drive to get out and transition and to run is crazy for a superstar. Like he. Like LeBron or whoever it is, if it's Danny Green grabs a re- rebound, he's gone. He like Anthony Davis. The way he's, he's not, gone. he's not just gone. Uh, he's gone, and he seals early. He learned that from playing with Rondo. Mm. Rondo used to do it to Marcus in Sacramento. The early race out seal. So what what I mean by that is, if they're if they're under the rim, put them farther under the rim defensively, right, and get big and wide. If they're if they meet you at the free throw line like they're taught to do then spin around him and seal him above you and you throw it over the top. Mm. And because he has reached to 13 feet, you can't almost overthrow the guy. And he does it every half. He'll get one or two a half. He'll get fouled, a bucket, or both every single half. If you watch all season, you'll see it. And LeBron's finding him every time. Yeah, and they know, and LeBron is always looking. But you, I love that you're sensitive to him being on the ground so much. And you get that because you've got Dwayne Wade in your DNA. Yes. That's what we all used to worry about Dwayne uh, Wade. He was always on the ground, always. like Larry Bird. <laughs> if there was one thing that like Sport View or Second Spectrum could track, I would lo- like it's on the top five on the list. Is how many times is a guy on the ground? Like it, yeah. it's one of the features I'd love to write is the art of falling and not getting hurt. And I think jo- Joel and Bead. There's a great story. It might who, was it your own? Did your own write it? Um, it might have been Weitzman. Um, uh, it might have been Prada. Someone wrote the art of Joel Embiid falling on the ground, and it was a brilliant story because that's such an important it. part of. Oh yeah, you have to teach all of it. Um, we, we teach it when I'm coaching, you know, high school kids, and I'm helping my son's teams, whatever. We're all even right. middle school. We always teach how to dive. Yeah, you, you you better do that. And then the only hope is it's they're normally not hurting themselves diving. Uh, it's the other person. My son broke a, a bone in his collarbone, a, a, a part of his collarbone, when a guy dove on him. Uh, recklessly, right? Uh, that nothing you can do about that. That guy's the, the diving part. But if you're not on the ground, oh, it hurts. Yeah. If you're on the ground, you're vulnerable, which is your point. You don't want AD on the ground. But yes, he's been stellar. He he's okay. and he's a two way player. Yeah. You know, he he's not going to be defensive player of the year. Uh, I don't think. But I don't think he, he I don't think he deserves it. He's he's a really good defender. But yeah. I he I doesn't do. deserve it. But I wanted to ask you this because Amin yeah. Amin El Hassan, our, our friend Amin is. Yeah on ESPN and he's saying um, he said he was watching a game and I can't remember if, who it was. It might've been Jeff Van Gundy was on the, on the call. And he said that he was LeBron's best teammate of his, of his career. 
Anthony Davis was the best teammate that LeBron has ever had. And Amin just went nuts. He said, has anyone, everyone forgot the name Chris Bosh? And I was like, Ooh, I, I love Chris Bosh. And you said it earlier, Dwayne Wade is, you know, covering the heat, uh, have the utmost respect for Dwayne Wade, who I, I think is the the best shot blocking guard of all time. He's, he's he, so much yeah. more. He's I, if so you're not the president, if you're not the president of his fan club, I will be. Okay. So I, you I understand starting like, his rookie year. I'm a huge Dwayne Wade fan and Chris Bosh. So my question to you is, yeah. is Anthony Davis better than Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh, period? And also as a teammate for LeBron, yeah. like as, so as a partner. I, I've got some insight on the teammate stuff, but the, the harder question is, the, is he better? I mean, Dwayne Wade is – I I, no, I, so, I feel so lucky that I was watching them on day one of his rookie season. In fact, I watched them in summer league. LeBron – I watched LeBron. I just told someone yesterday, I was in Orlando for LeBron's first ever summer league game. I was there that whole week. And then I went I, – I saw, I saw all their games. Uh, Dwayne is one of the most special humans that's an athlete that I've ever encountered – uh, Bosch, I, I just could not respect him anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an MVP candidate when he was in Toronto. He, mm-hmm. he Marcus All, he gave it up to be part of we and not me because he was amazing in Toronto. But Anthony Davis is better. He's better. He's going to be better. It's, it's, at the same age, he's better. Let's put it that way. But here's a teammate to review. Uh, one of my students that I that I had for a long time, a long time NBA player. Uh, uh, I don't remember if he was traded or signed with the Pelicans. I don't remember what it was. But the day he arrived, AD was the first person to greet him in the arena for practice. And he literally took his phone, said, you know, put, put your password in. Here's my direct number. Always call me first with anything that you need. Oh, wow. I'm not making that up. And I've had three guys since be, uh, be teammates of his, at least three. The only one told me that story, but all of them said the same thing. As good a dude as there is, you would never know he's a superstar. And I thought DeMarcus would work out well there in part because he, he, he sees AD and you, it's almost hard to be a jerk around Anthony Davis. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say about this, I talked about this earlier today to Henry. Uh, he's like a baseball pitcher. And I know this, my son was a serious pitcher for a while in Florida. That's a big deal. I studied pitching personalities. I also grew up here. My, one of my best teammates from high school pitched at Duke in, back in the, in, the, in the early 80s. You can't ever show expression when you're pitching, almost without exception. You certainly can't live and die with balls and strikes. Like, you can't. Mm. If, if there are too many plays coming, right? Anthony Davis is like a baseball pitcher at the highest level. He is performing so heroically and so energetically, but, he's but his face never changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's, the perf- it's why I love them. It's the perfect for, for LeBron. And don't forget this, and you and I probably both have written about it to some degree, he challenged LeBron on day one about defense. Go back and look at October uh, preseason meetings in September. Le- LeBron admitted that AD challenged me to be better defensively all the time. And guess what? There's my pick for defensive player of the year, though Giannis clearly deserves it. Don't get me wrong. But he can't win every award. So if we're not going to give Giannis every award, I would give it to LeBron, who was spectacular in defense. And I credit Davis as much as that for anything because when LeBron sees what that cat's doing at all times, he can't take plays off, and he's not. 
Anthony Davis has 37 free throws in three games. Um, he's, he's Joel Embiid and James Harden-esque right now. Is his ability to just find contact and go towards the contact. And for better or for worse, like he's, he gets beat up out there. But his finesse game where his – I mean – It's unbelievable, Tom. Tom, I know how hard it is to go that hard to the rim and at that size, and he's finishing like he's a guard. Seven-footers don't finish the way he finishes. The, the little, like, George Gur- – look, look at the tape. He'll do a Gervin scoop a little bit. He'll mm-hmm. do uh, – he'll, he'll stay square and knock a shot in while he's getting hit from, like, 11 feet. Like, big men don't Rashid, – Rashid Wallace never did that. He's the same size. The, the shot – amazing player. The clincher, Coach, the clincher where he's – I mean, how many seven-foot guys are, are actually – you know, just dribbling the ball through their legs at the, at the half court, waiting for the, for yeah. the clock to go down to do an ISO. Yeah. How yeah, many him and Durant. Him and Durant yeah. and Bow Bow, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Bow Bow. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Slow down. Okay. So, <laughs> so we got Anthony Davis. Rudy Gobert is out. I mean, out of his comfort zone. Rudy Gobert is out uh, by the three-point line. And he just – I mean, the step back, the three, the finish, the foul, the whole thing is just – you can't, you can't teach that stuff. And it's, it's if, if, if they're going to win a championship, it's going to be because LeBron is who he's always been right. in the postseason. And then Davis reaches where we've always thought he'd be. He's truly the guy living up to his first pick in the draft status. People thought he could be this. And he's living up to it, on, again, on both ends and as a leader. Because they're not a deep team, obviously. Even with Avery Bradley, they wouldn't be a deep team. They need their superstars to blow it out of the water. Last year with Toronto, they had a – a ton of people contributing at a good level. The Lakers will be lucky to have a couple of guys contributing somewhat, right? Yeah. Kuzma somewhat. He's playing pretty well. It's going to have to be AD and LeBron, and AD is looking the part right now. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about a podcast that should be in your rotation. I'm Mike Tirico, and this week on Sports Uncovered, the side of Bill Belichick you didn't know existed. He's actually very, very funny. And that would shock the people in New England. I remember one time that he was critiquing Asante Samuel's play about how we need to play more physical. The runner was running out on the video and he showed on the big screen. That's it, Asante. Hit him with a pillow. Okay, let's throw marshmallows at him the next time. Don't miss an episode. Tap the subscribe button right now to get automatic downloads of Sports Uncovered for free. Now, back to the conversation. So let's move to my fourth name on yep. this list, uh, Fred Van Vliet. What can you say about this guy? The confidence has always been there. Undrafted trip on his, chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've been close with Udonis Haslam, so you yeah. know what kind of chip that is. Oh, yeah. When everyone passes over you. I had the Wake Forest, new uh, Wake Forest head coach, Steve Forbes, on, who coached him at Wichita State. And... Um, and Steve Forbes was like, he was the top assistant there. So he was Yeah, like, I've talked to Wichita State coaches about him too. So I'll make sure what you say. Just winner DNA, winner, 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 winner. Like it doesn't matter if it's a practice or if it's cards, whatever it is. He just is a super competitor and he's undersized. Sure. But he's strong as an ox. And so when you go out there and you play him, I, what I'm, what I'm, if I'm the opponent of Toronto, what I'm worried about is, is he just like, stealing moves from Kyle Lowry and what happens when when Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry just share their skills together and it just becomes like they're they're making each other better out there because when I watch him he's just the 
the cutting, the dribbling, the confidence, the getting into the paint and then drawing contact. It is, it is, uh, it is unbelievable how the, the Toronto Raptors were able to create a system in which that Fred Van Vliet can become, you know, a guy who, when he scores 30 points in a game, you're like, oh yeah, that's just. Yeah, right, happens. right. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. No, that's a great way to put it. To me, it's all about creating that faster river, right? If, you, if your job as an executive and as a coach is to get that river moving faster, so everyone rowing away is going to look faster. If you took Fred Van Vliet today and put him in a different system, he probably wouldn't look as good. That doesn't mean he wouldn't figure it out, yep. right? It doesn't mean that. It just means it would take a while. They've got to figure it out in Toronto very well. I, I think we've picked I, – I, all of our players are from the same team because I picked Gasol. Right, you oh, picked Derek yeah. White. I picked DeRozan. We're seeing the same things here, buddy. Uh, we'll see about the last choice. Um, I have Davis, DeRozan, Gasol, and TJ. My fifth choice is is James Harden because he's James Harden. Like, of course, of course, he's so killing what's new? people. What's new now? What's new? What What are you What are you seeing from James? I mean, I wouldn't say it's new. It's surprising that he. I mean, James is famous for starting slowly. He enjoys his offseason. And I don't have any – I'm not telling you he's drinking or anything. I just know he comes back fat. Yeah. Like, he, I think Kevin McHale got fired because James Harden got fat in the summer, and they sucked in November, and they fired McHale because they couldn't fire James Harden, and uh, he ain't fat. And I, I'm, I'm not even saying he's playing his best that he can play. He's well-rested. I still don't think he's thin. I don't think he's really all that in shape right now. No, that's what I'm saying. He's going to get better. He, no, he's a little thick to me. He's just not fat. He was really fat before, you know, years ago. Uh, he's just, he's the true cheat code. And he is, he is a real genius at reading what you're doing. He, he'll, I think, I only think this because I'm watching his eyes some. I think he's reading the flexing angle of your foot and ankle. Like, I think he's trying to, like in football, they can see if you're, if, you're, if your knuckles are white, you're going to pass rush because you're leaning forward so much, right? <laughs> and if, you're, if your knuckles aren't white, it means you're going to go back and, back, and just yeah. block. Okay. I think he's doing something similar because I know he's – we always tell our players don't look down. He's looking down. He, he is reading cues that no one is seeing. He's been doing this for years now. And you know where he wants to go. It doesn't matter because he's good enough to make you think, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go here. No, you're not. And, and you buy level it. Of the magician. The level of difficulty on these shots. Like if you, yeah. if 10 years ago, 10 years ago, coach, if you watched how yeah. he's getting his points, you'd be like, this guy's a cyborg. Like the step back, the step back, like four feet away, off balance, just you'd be like, no one shoots like that. And he no. has completely created a new shot in this game. He, he, he and JJ Redick are two guys that have kind of gotten rid of some of the old shooting rules. I have to evaluate this myself as a teacher. <laughs> JJ doesn't, he doesn't care about being squared up and he doesn't care if yeah. he lands 11 feet away from where he starts. Normally I like to, my players to land where you start unless you're shooting a floater where you're moving forward because the guy's behind you typically. JJ, it just doesn't matter. He'll come off a curl and he's floating through the air sideways and he'll still shoot it and he still makes 40 He's like a stand. cat. You know if you like throw a cat across yeah, the room? Right, always lands. true. Feet. That's like it's JJ true. Redick. He's just true. always going to somehow recalibrate no matter where it's he true. is. true. And he lands well but Harden is, yeah, he's at another level. And, and I get, when I did my playoff odds, my championship odds, I mean, I gave him a 2% chance. Of, I gave Houston a 2% chance. Uh, because just be, I mean, Westbrook's great. I love P.J. Tucker. I, I love Daryl Morey. I love what he's done with his teams. Every year, I'm always intrigued by them. But Harden, because of this long rest, maybe he won't run out of gas. And he's capable of going nuclear three games out of seven. Mm -hmm. And then they just got to find a win 
find a way to win one game where the other team just plays really badly and he doesn't play so great either. It's possible. They got to play better defense, but I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I might even do. put him a couple ticks above that 2%. I probably put five to 10% uh, because I just think there's so much variance in the system. Um, great call with him. My last one. And then we got to get to our all bubble yeah. burst team. Yeah. Uh, Nurk. Nurk. Um, I thought about him very closely. Yeah. Uh, you know, he amazing. He's so good. He's so good. Amazing. I had Neil O'Shea on the pod last week and we talked about him some and um, it's, you know, you, you watch him and you feel like Portland, like they're going to be, they're going to be in it for years with that, with that core. Damian Lillard, Yusuf, I, I, I might put Yusuf Nurkic above CJ McCollum in terms of overall talent and what they mean to the team because he's, he's so important and so skilled as a big man. He's lost some weight. He's gotten a lot more confidence and just, his passing ability is so much better than I thought. Because what we do is we see Nikola Jokic play and we're like, oh, there can't be two just giants who have amazing touch, amazing hands, amazing passing ability. It's not possible that two guys in the same front court could be that good. But Nurk is that good. His passing is so good. And what I, what I thought is – Look, Melo's never going to work there because they need a, a big who can move the ball or a four, a stretch that can, you know, facilitate. Nurk's there. Nurk is that guy. And so I, I just love his game, and he's been phenomenal. And look, you, like, you look at Victor Oladipo, who's on my other team. You look at um, Nurk, who's been away from the game for so long, and yet he looks like he's been playing for the entire time. He's, he looks refreshed, and maybe this is part of it. He looks refreshed. He looks healthy. And he just looks like he's a better player, which is well, you're 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 one of the guys championing the shorter season, and I'm with you on that. And uh, and so yeah, rest is a weapon, right? It, it sucks to have to recover from injury, but he looks great. Uh, I'm a huge fan. When he was a rookie, I I did a pod, I did a show with uh, Henry called "The Age of Nurkic" when he was a rookie. And remember, he and Jokic were on the same team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I never thought that Jokic right. and Nurk yeah. could be this skilled on the same on the same front court. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I do think he's a game changer for them long term. Uh, Melo is not the long term answer. Zach right. Collins has a lot of talent. We know Damon and CJ. Nurk, Nurk, what you said, his ability to pass out of the pinch post, and he's a gigantic. He's Marcus Gasol defensively. He can be. He's yes. so young. He can really be a, a huge force to have. They're an exciting team. They're they're one of these teams like Indiana where. You, you look at next year, uh, they're not going to be an easy out if they're healthy. All right. All bubble burst team because we got your five, right? Yeah, yep. We got your yep. five, my five. So to recap, Derek White, TJ Warren, Anthony Davis, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Yusuf Nurkic. For me, for you, you had DeMar DeRozan, TJ Warren, Anthony Davis, uh, Marcus Saul, and James Harden. Correct. Okay. Pretty good groups. All right. So caveats here. It's been like a week, okay? Right. So right. um, It's been a week after four months off. Yeah. So, so all none the of us are throwing stones. We're not throwing stones. But what we want to see more out of these people or things that caught our eye, uh, I'll start with the first one, which is Zion. Um, Zion is out, uh, you know, for 60 games or 40 games this season. He's been dealing with conditioning, dealing with the spotlight, dealing with being 19 years old in the NBA and being, you know, everybody's phenom. favorite player. A phenom, yeah. Right. He's dealing with a lot of stuff, right? right? He dealt with a family matter that he was he had to leave the campus for. And not only that, I'm I'm pretty sure he's not running wind sprints, you know, while he's gone, right? Comes back and you know, it's the first game of the season. First game of the restart. Yeah. Um, 
zero rebounds, but more importantly to me is he just looked disinterested or detached from the entire game. He lo- it looked like he lost his love for basketball and he just wasn't in it. Maybe that's just conditioning. Maybe he's just warming up and he need needed a couple games to get in it. And he played much better last night. Yeah. But um, his defensive rating over two games was something like 160, like, and he was good, and he was a good defensive player during the season for them. Yes. So yeah. what, what is going on with Zion where – do you think it's just he need, needed a couple games to get, yes. get in the swing of things? Or I, is there more I, to it that he's just like – he's not – No, no, I think it's that. I, what I told my guys at Troop was what my experience in this pandemic with, with working with players has been this. If you are in shape, really good shape, and then have to get quarantine. I, I had some players in that position where they were in great shape, and they went to their teams here internationally and had to sit for a bit. Uh, I, I figured for every day they had a quarantine, once they were already in shape to begin with, it was one day to recover one-to-one. So six-day quarantine meant six days to recover. If you weren't in great shape before the quarantine started, mm-hmm. it's double. So I felt like, unfortunately for the Pelicans, because I agree with what you said. I doubt Zion was doing anything when he was with his family for lots of reasons. Number one, he doesn't yes. want to get sick. There's, yeah. there, if it was a serious matter, he wasn't doing much. So, and I don't think it was a great shape to begin with because they had just gone back. It wasn't like he had been working out for three months, right? So I felt like it's probably going to be about 10 days or so before he feels like he was where he was before he left uh, to go see his family in the first place. So we're still, we're still not seeing that Zion just yet. Uh, it's weird. I talked to a player who quarantined for 36 hours right before a game on one of those uh, uh, inconclusive tests. So a guy that had been playing, mm-hmm. got an inconclusive test, quarantined for basically a day and a half until you get two negative tests, and then he played. And it was just so weird. He hadn't touched the ball. He hadn't been out of his room. And then he has to go and, play. Yeah. And then he has to go play. An NBA game against real players, not a scrimmage. This is a real game. So I think Zion was just rusty as hell. But you caught something important to me when you said uh, it didn't look like he was having fun. He wasn't into it, you said. Zion's quote last night was uh, he was in the game at the end, and he said it was fun again. Now, it felt first alive. Of all, not, yeah, yeah. It, was it felt alive, again. right. Yeah. That, you're right. That was the yeah. quote. Now, it's no fun when you suck, when you're not doing well. Your team was beating the Jazz in that first game, and you didn't get in the game, which I understand why the Pelicans didn't do it. To me, that was smart. That gate, people don't understand, Twitter fans don't understand why you don't play a player who's been out for a week in the last few minutes of a game. There's a, re, there's a medical reason why. All right, and we can talk about it if you want to, but there's a medical reason for it. You can't just say, well, he's young. Sorry. Young are you, are, are you just saying that the, uh, mentally you're going to try to dr- yes. go, go harder than you actually should be? Yes. So, yeah. so I'm 55. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I have to climb a fence to get into a gym, which I had to do this summer, it was a short fence, four feet tall. I didn't just hop the fence and jump down. I slow, I'm 55. Scratchy. I slowly navigated it and then jumped and really thought 50, 50, my legs will shatter because I'm 55. Okay. Yeah. I'm freaking 55. So I was mindful of it. Zion is mindful of where he's at in a game except the last few minutes of a fourth quarter, who knows what he'll try to do. And that's when you blow a hamstring mm-hmm. or something because you're just not ready. So that's where the doctors have to come in and say, hey, we're just going to save you from yourself, right? There's a famous story about players, I won't say names, who got casted after a surgery when 
a cast wasn't required, but the team strength guy said, if you don't cast him, 100% he's in the gym tomorrow lifting. I'll tell you off air who it was, because I, I know for sure what happened. You have to save them from themselves yeah. sometimes. Uh, and so I think Zion, I just don't know if the Pelicans will still be alive when he, when he really gets alive. I hope so, because yeah. they're pretty dang good when he's, when he's on. Yeah, there was a couple times last night where Memphis actually uh, – Several times he got blocked where it was like, I hadn't seen that in the regular season, yeah. but like Zion yeah. getting up and there would be like three Grizzlies on him and just swat his him right feel, down. His feel, his athleticism, his conditioning. It, it, it just, like, all the guys on our list, we're going we're gonna to talk about, at least for me, there's something missing. And a lot of it's just, we've been off a long time. Who's on your list? Okay. So I'm going to start with a pretty good player from the Lakers named LeBron James. I was hoping you were going to do this. Yes. Because we should talk about it. Yeah. 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 He has 13 turnovers. But more than that, my man can't dribble. He can't <laughs> dribble. So, so when you think LeBron James, there's lots of things in the superlative standpoint you'll say. But one of them that you won't say too often, and it's a mistake by us, is how brilliant of a ball handler he is for 6'9", 270, or 265, or whatever he is now. Yeah. He's been up to 282 at one point, way back. Maybe 260 now. I don't know. He looks incredible. He is a brilliant ball handler. He's not Kyrie. He doesn't have to be Kyrie, okay? He's or Damien. He's brilliant, and he can't dribble. Go back and watch the games. He is flubbing it all over the place, and he didn't do that in the scrimmages, and I was wrong to think that the scrimmages were pretty good. No, they were not. They were fine. They served yeah. a purpose. I'm not criticizing them, but the games were not real. These games are real. And guys are getting into LeBron. And I'm telling you, Tom, he is lacking some confidence to be able to do his old dribble moves. It's going to change. And they've got, unlike the Pelicans with Zion, they've got time to let it come. It just hasn't come yet. He's not been good. And they have AD, which is really so great. True. It's so true. I think that's part of the, hey, if the Lakers win, it must be because of LeBron. But no, in this case, it, it, it's so different now when he has an AD on his team that they, yeah. he does, like when he watched, when, when, when Anthony Davis was doing the, the ISO, the Gobert. the Gobert, I had to stop. I paused the tape because I was like, LeBron is just standing over there watching. <laughs> we might as well have been just sitting on the bench. And it was so crazy to watch. Like, here is a last second, like, it wasn't a critical, it wasn't a go-ahead yeah. shot, but LeBron was just parked off to the side. And it's so, it's so rare to see that. And he's been really good defensively. He's yes. been running around. He's been doing it. And I almost think, almost, this is my theory, is that the age factor is catching up to him in this respect, is that he played great, I think, in the Clippers game. He was, he was just all over the place. And maybe just after four months off, and he has his first real game of the restart. And then just the next day, it's going right. to take an extra couple of days to get back. Right. Yeah, no, it, there's no question that's a factor, as is the condition will get better as they play more. We, I think we'll see him hit a stride somewhere around uh, the end of the first round, which could be a good series. I mean, if Portland gets there, uh, the Spurs won't be able to play with him, but, but Portland can. If Portland makes it to that series, it means they've won some games including two in a row at the end of the season, maybe yeah, three in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah and, and Nurkic is a monster inside. And, and Carmelo versus LeBron would be must-see TV for us oh old-timers, right? I, yeah, he, he, the Lakers need him to play much better. As I wrote last week, I gave him a 30% chance to win going into the playoffs, going into the, the, the bubble with Milwaukee. I give him a 0% chance if LeBron isn't LeBron. 
He's, he's like, got to be better. Like he has to be as good as he was all year and not one ounce less. And, and I'm going to go on a rant here. One game does not mean that he should have been MVP. Like after the Clippers game, everyone was saying, and people voted Giannis. And I'm like, yo, it's one game. It's one game. And right. it, yes, it's the Clippers, but it's also the Clippers without Lou Williams and Montrez Harrow, right. who are two key right. pieces. Right. And, and it's also, people were saying that before Giannis actually took the floor that night. So it was, or the next day. So I... I know people are just like the referees or just like the players. They're, they're antsy. You know, the referees are calling all the foul or, or they're over calling right now yeah. because they're four months away, right? Four yeah. months out of the game. And so That's they're right. just antsy. I, I feel like people on Twitter or people on TV, uh, anyone who's, who's trying to have an opinion on this, we're also getting a little ahead of ourselves. And we're, ta- we're talking about on an all bubble team after a week of basketball, which is the irony of this rant. But <laughs> one game does not mean that LeBron is the MVP, okay? That's like LeBron. I, I think it should be unanimous, Tom. I, I don't vote for MVP. I don't care about any awards at all. Yeah. But metrically speaking, analytically speaking, uh, it should be a unanimous decision for Giannis. Yeah. He, he's I, the I'm, best player in the league and the best defensive player in the league. You're reaching if you're trying to find a reason to vote LeBron. All right. I love LeBron. I think the Lakers win the championship and everything else. Giannis is the MVP. So moving okay. on. I, was so on I got LeBron. So who's your next guy? Um, Victor Oladipo is my next guy. Now, this is a hundred caveats here is that yeah. uh, he has a financial incentive to play in $3 million on the rest of his season uh, salary if he opted out of the bubble. Two, he, a quad ten, he tore his quad tendon. It's a, it's, a, it's a horrible injury, especially if you're a guy who relies on his athleticism and hops as much as he did prior to the injury, right? Right. Um, what I'm, what I'm worried about is that he's going to try to force it because if, if, if Indiana is feeling like, hey, we, we can actually win a first-round opponent here or win a first-round series, I feel like Victor might get it in his head that, like, I have to be the star of the team to do that. Um, I've got to step up. Domus is out. Uh, Sabonis is out. Malcolm Brogdon is out. And I just worry that he's going to – push himself further than what his body will allow because of just the competitive spirit. And also, you know, he's coming into a, a contract year and he already got a lot of shit, undue shit for saying, look, I, I don't think I'm going to play in the bubble. You know, right. um, he doesn't look right to me. He's not, he doesn't have any lift right now. He's not getting around people. He's living in the mid range and deep three pointers. He's settling yes. for a lot of jumpers. And you know what that means is that he doesn't feel like he's got, he can't yeah. get by him. Yeah. Uh, his free throws are down. And so what I, what I think might happen is he, he just says, look, I don't have it. I came here to play and he already sat out the last game. I hope, I hope he, he has his health first because he, I think he has a long NBA career ahead of him. Yeah. I'm a huge fan and uh, I give him credit for doing it ultimately. Although uh, I think the other day a pitcher just announced he's retiring because of COVID and he's got heart issues. And then a young man that I mentor from this area plays football at Indiana for IU. And one of his teammates is an offensive lineman. And his mom wrote a big Facebook post. Like, he's really hurt. He's really, the COVID really got to his heart and breathing issues. This is, a, uh, this is a football player who's a young, talented kid. If you don't want to play, as it, when you mention irony, it's ironic that the safest place for these players probably is in the, on campus at Disney. Yeah. yeah. But, but going in, no one really knew at all what, what to be expected. Uh, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with another mildly talented player in the LeBron range uh, named Luka Doncic. Okay. 
You got, you got his, you got his uh, doppelganger basketball-wise, James Harden, on your all-bubble team. At yeah, the end. yeah. Luca is 14 turnovers in their games. I don't – has Dallas even won a game yet in, on campus? Maybe one? They did. I, uh, they maybe they're one and two. But I watched Luca the game – I watched Luca play every game in uh, whole or part. And late in the game, uh, in their most recent loss – he passed up a wide-open layup against Phoenix and another one where he had a shot against Aiton to, win, to tie the game, and he almost turned it over. He didn't manage fourth-quarter minutes. I'm an enormous fan. I thought he'd be great. I watched him play in the ACB. He's going to be the MVP of the league one day. He's going to be maybe the best player in the league one day. Uh, although Giannis is not young. I mean, Giannis is young. He'll yeah. be around for a while. Yeah. I'm an enormous fan, and I love how Lucas changed his body. He's gotten much more professional about that. But uh, he's got to manage the game better, and, and turnovers need to be an important thing for him. Uh, Houston, Harden always has a lot of turnovers. But he's not doing what Harden's doing. He can manage the game better. And I, I, I just expect – he was my pick for MIP. Quite frankly, I, again, I don't really look at it's awards. It's not a bad pick. It's I don't know how he was picked. He went from being a very good rookie to one of the best, best five or six players in the world but we just forget about him. And Hollinger told me, well, I don't do second-year guys. But what rule was that, John, Mr. Analytics? Who yeah. are you to make a rule like that, which I told him. It seems pretty arbitrary. Right. That's, that's what Hollinger always says, arbitrary. I, 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 uh, when, when Stephen Curry won his second MVP, I voted him for most improved. MIP, yeah. Right. Because what he did was he went from M- MVP caliber player to, like, was that the greatest season we've ever seen? Exactly. So Luca was Luca was a good player last year. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a good player. But now, <laughs> yeah. by the way, he's an MVP should, candidate now when he's twenty. MVP years old. candidate on the greatest offense in NBA history as yeah. of campus the week start. I like I like that you you put uh, superstars on this list because I did too, and I know this guy is uh, you're a big fan of this guy. So I want to see your take. Yeah. Ben Simmons is on my list. He's on my list too. Bet. How about yeah. that? All right. So that. Ben Simmons, I don't know where I'm at. I'm so, I, I'm so, it's so hard to get a grip on the six. I can see he's frustrating you already. <laughs> it's so hard. To, it, I, the, he was invisible for, for much yeah. of these two games. Invisible. Yeah. And, the, and the thing that frustrates me is that if you watch Twitter or you watch like the big accounts, he had two miraculous plays, Ben Simmons. And you would have thought, man, this guy's dominating because he had this – he drove left and he, and he was falling backwards and he threw a behind the back pass, like boom, behind him. I think it was, uh, who, it might've been Furkan. He, uh, he, he hit a three and it was just a crazy pass. There was another one where he did this like uh, backdoor uh, pocket pass. That was crazy. I mean, it was incredible. These two passes by Ben Simmons. But if you hadn't watched the games, you would not realize that this is, he's, he has not been good. He has not been good. And he's been parked in the corner um, for a lot of possessions where he's not running the offense. Um, in transition, he's still crazy good. In transition, when he's got ahead of steam and he wants to get out in transition, he looks phenomenal. But defensively, he's been off. He's been yelling a lot. It looked like a couple plays at Al Horford where it was the rotation where he was expecting Horford to pick up a guy on a rotation. He didn't, and it made him look bad. But um, he just looks off. And – 
usually when you see a guy drop 53 points, you don't think that it was a lot of it was done against Ben Simmons. And that was true. And we, we kind of teased it at the beginning when TJ Warren pulled up for that deep three at the end. Shot clock down to six, finds Warren. Here's a long three. Where was Ben on that? Where was Ben on that? He wasn't giving him the respect. The guy was lighting him up and he still was going under screens and was not fighting through screens and wasn't fighting through off the ball. And I expect so much more out of Ben Simmons. You were the first one to tell me, Coach, that, hey, Ben Simmons could be a defensive player of the year in the NBA. And I didn't know that about his game until you said it. And it's so true. The fact that Ben Simmons, over the last two games, uh, he was guarding DeMar DeRozan. And, and like, sometimes if DeMar is going to pull up from three and then hit it, fine. You, you give him that right. shot. But you live with that. But a lot of times he was overplaying TJ and, and, and sometimes underplaying. He just wasn't in control. And it's so weird to see Ben Simmons not being a defensive force like he normally is. You know, I like um, – I really like Brett Brown. I, he's not my friend. I think you guys – some of you guys are really friendly with him, but I like him. But there's something really wrong in Philly. And uh, for the next three guys I'm going to talk about, he, he being, Ben being one of them, because uh, my notes were 8-2-5 and five against the Spurs. Come on, Ben. Yeah. Like, no, you, you, and, and DeRozan went off with whatever. Um, something's going on. And in Philadelphia, it's just not working. And, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago when you, when you read the articles about, ooh, the Sixers are making this move to shake Milton at the one, and Ben's going to be the power forward. Come on. Like, that, you're covering, you sound like the Trump administration now, which is not a good thing. Uh, because now you are making up a story to cover the real problems, right? Al Horford and MB don't work out together. You want MB, you want Horford to go second team? Fine, just say that. Yeah. Simmons has the ball in his hands a ton, as he should, right? But there's something just when you can't get more out of him, when, I, when Anthony Davis is flying all over the place and Giannis is all over, all the world's best players are competing their tails off. And Ben Simmons, first pick in the draft, all league first team defensive player probably, is mailing it in, something's wrong. And so we can blame, we can, we can criticize Brett. He'll get fired for it. Uh, but ultimately, it's got to be on Ben Simmons. He, he is, I always tell you this, and I've told you this, Tom, some players have the ability to be great in any system. Not many. You all know who they are. They're the best players in the world, typically. I, I've told you, I think Tim Duncan was a product of Pop and the Spurs as much as Tim Duncan's own talent. Just my opinion. How would really know? It doesn't matter. He's a top five or six player of all time, in my opinion. But most of the world's best players can go anywhere. Russell Westbrook's proven that. Wherever they go, they're the same player, no matter who they play for, what the system is. I think Ben's that kind of talent. It shouldn't matter. And so you can't have an 8-2-5 and five performance and just be flat on both ends like he is uh, on a team that's playing for something. Your coach's job, your own legacy a little bit. I mean, how old are you going to be before you actually make it to the conference finals? You almost made it last year. That's not good enough, right? And the East is open except for those two teams now. Because because the issue is, I think as a role man, he he's not there yet. He's not like a lot no. of times his finishes when he no, he's not there yet. No, and so if you want him to be an Amari Stoudemire, he's not there yet. He's not no. even close, right? So, and why would you want that? He's such a gifted passer, ball handler. You can mix that in. It should not be the bread and butter of his game. And then he's parked in the corner and he's parked in the corner where he's a non-threat and he took a couple in the, in the scrimmages and I was getting excited about that. But in the, in the games, it's not there. And there are times where he calls for the ball on the wing, but I, I, it's not, it's the the early returns are not good on that experiment. Next one on my list is 
Buddy Heald, really quick. He's he hasn't been good. Unbelievable how many how close our teams are because I got something from that team too. <laughs> it's so weird. All right, well, yeah. I mean, there's 22, so okay. Buddy Heald, um, I'll just ask you this question: yeah. How do you get a guy to learn how to get to the free throw line? Oh, it's hard. DeRozan learned how. Look at DeRozan's early career. He wasn't shooting at all. And then he became one of the best free throw shooters in terms of attempts in the league. You got to learn how to value it. So first you, have to, first you have to value it. And then you have to learn what has to happen to get to the free throw line. I gotta, it's got to be important to me. If it's not important to me, why would I even bother to learn how to get fouled? And this is something I've spent a lot of time with my players with over the years. is valuing getting free throws, which we talk about all the time. And then how do you do it? Changing speed, changing direction. We talk about adding craft all the time. Freeze fakes, shot fakes, the angles we take. Sudden start, sudden stop. These are things we do all the time. In Buddy's case, to his defense, he, he was, he did have COVID, I believe, with symptoms. And so if you have symptoms, you're definitely doing nothing. Yeah. Even if there were mild symptoms and he's not feeling any effects. And I have a friend who's, he's, you know, early 30s, young black guy, uh, a little bit overweight. He, you know, he's seven, eight weeks out of COVID and he's still having issues. He thought he had beat it, no fever. He's still having breathing issues. Like, I don't think that's the case with Buddy. But if you're doing nothing for weeks at a time while you're recovering, it does set you back. But I've watched the Kings games because I'm, I'm going to talk about Fox. Fox had an amazing game. But to me, Fox, is, it's more of the, the whole thing. We're talking with Ben. So my only point is watching Fox, I saw Buddy. He's really just become a one-dimensional, just shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And he's more than that. When he played for my buddy, my mentor, Alon Kruger, he was everything for Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. He was the man on campus at Oklahoma, right? They barely even know what basketball they don't compare to football. But he was, the, Lon told me, the most popular guy in campus. He's got this big personality, charismatic guy. Oh, yeah. Good dude. And, I, and it's, something is missing from his game. So he, you're right. He's a gym rat. So he's a guy who yeah. just gets up a billion shots a day. Like yeah. before games. And, and in games now. He just wants to shoot. And yes, and that's, that, and that's an issue when it comes to yeah. how are you going to shoot efficiently or score yeah. efficiently and, and win and win. And right. Win. So if you're afraid to draw contact or get to the free throw line, or you just, it's not part of your game. And I think in some ways being a guy who just gets a billion shots up at the gym, this can hurt you because you're just, when four months away from the game, you're, when you get back to five on five basketball with defenders in front of you, yeah. and it's not just empty gym, I'm getting shots up. You're almost calibrating yourself to not have contact. Like how do you train in a gym drawing contact? Like how yeah. do you do that? How, we, well, we, yeah. In a we, COVID how, world, how do you learn how to like, good, you know, absorb the yeah. contact and try to get to the free throw line? I, well, I tell you, Tom, when we, we're launching our training app in the next week and I will subscribe you at my, at my, at my uh, uh, you sponsor pleasure. me? Wow. Yes. And you, I don't know if you'll do the drills, but you can see all the stuff that we're trying to do because yeah, we do work on it a lot, but it starts with, I don't think it means, I just don't think it means a lot to him to get to the free throw line, which explodes your game as a scorer. It's incredible how much, you how go much from shooting scored. to scoring. It's getting found, so right? Yeah. It's getting found. So, so I picked Fox because I think Fox can score 30 almost every night and he's not doing it. He's as athletic and fast as we have in the sport globally. And he's an amazing young man. Players love playing with him. I don't know that he loves to play. I don't know that he loves to win. I don't, I mean, you have to want to crush people. Like one of the things I love about Harden is he had the, the temerity to know, oh, I think I can lead this world in scoring. 
Like, I love Westbrook and Durant, but I want to go lead the world in scoring. I'm going to be the best player on my team. It's okay to be confident that way. Mm-hmm. This, and by the way, this bank account appreciates it, as will his great-grandchildren, okay? Because they're not going to pay for college either, whether they're good players or not. Uh, he has that. Fox, I don't see it. Because I think Fox can destroy everybody. They won't as a team. But nobody can stay in front of him. No. Full, in full court speed, he's a joke. And so I need to see it every night. And, I, it, and he's young. I get that. But I need to see more from him because he's capable of more. My last one on this list, that's a great, uh, great call on Aaron Fox. He's, he's, he's played well, but it hasn't been consistent, right? Um, yeah. The last one on my list is Jordan Clarkson, not because I – Unbelievable. I got a jazz player too. <laughs> but I, I, I can't go into Jordan Clarkson because I'll say terrible things. He's, but, my least favorite, he's my least favorite player in the league. Okay. By far. So you go. <laughs> least favorite player by far to watch. There was a lot of talk for him being sixth man of the year this year because of what he's done for Utah. And um, so I'm watching him now and I'm like, okay, so um, maybe, maybe Quinn Snyder and the organization has rubbed off on him and he's, he's, you know, adding some new elements to his game. No, nope. He's a gunner. He's a gunner to his core. When he's not shoot, when he's not scoring, there is no, I'm going to bust my ass defensively. There's no, I'm going to get other people involved. There's no, I'm just going to crash the board. He thinks, he thinks you're being fined if you pass. Did, did like, you watch the game it. against the Lakers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did you watch this – is, this, this is all you have to say. He's matched up with lots of time on the clock with AD. A, yep. And Do you remember the play? Yes. He messed – am I allowed to cuss on the show? Yes. He f***ed around with the ball against <laughs> AD, who's almost twice his size, I'm pretty sure. He's messed up – and AD, is, it, it's, like, it's like an adult – playing with an infant you know what i mean because you have one at home like he's i know ad's thinking bro let's go there's let's no go. shot here and i am watching you know the game live thinking all right jordan if you want to initially try to beat him with one surge and he and he falls for it great but as soon as he defends your first plate you got to get rid of the ball get that's ad it. it's like iso and joe dumars what are you doing you have no shot here but he kept dribbling 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 finally took a terrible two and yeah. of course davis blocked it and I literally told a friend of mine, I, if I'm Quinn Snyder, I take him out of the game, and I politely, quietly say to Jordan, that's going to be a two-game suspension for you because you just embarrassed the basketball gods for what you just did. Because that's <laughs> Anthony Davis, you try to score a one-on-one for 11 seconds of dribbling. So you're now suspended for two games. That's might, be, might be the worst second unit in the, in the NBA. You but it wasn't, it wasn't during the year, and this part of my issue is when the Jazz are rolling – they're moving the ball, right? They, we all know how Utah likes to play. Uh, and there was a, when Clarkson was going crazy this year, Tom, I was watching a lot of their games, and I always thought it was fool's gold. I told an agent friend of mine who represents another player on the team, it's all fool's gold because those shots aren't going to work against the best defensive teams. And amazing shooters like George Niang, for example, is 43% going into the bubble. Yep, yep. Can't hope to get a good, good look with rhythm because Clarkson is dribbling and dribbling, and Moutier – is a walking bucket. It's a two. It's not a three. Moutier yeah, yeah. is a two, but he lives in the paint and can score. But he barely has the ball when Clarkson has it. And Mike Conley, who played great in the first game, uh, has not been, you know, we, and he's been up and down, mostly down all year. Yep. My choice for the Jazz, really, we picked all the same teams, was, uh, is, is Gobert. Because in all their games. Thought about him. Thought now, about he him. Has, he has a bunch of block shots. But people are scoring at him like I've never seen them do before. It's almost like they just aren't afraid. Shea Gildas-Alexander embarrassed the Jazz at the rim 
and Rudy was there for a lot of it. And I, I, I'm not even mad at Rudy. Part of it is he's trying. He really is trying. Mm-hmm. And they're just, their fear is gone for whatever reason. I don't know what happened. And the Jazz are exposed defensively. If Rudy Gobert, who is a special defensive player, can't stop people from scoring, they're, they're just in, they're in some they're trouble. But it, to me, it starts with Clarkson moving the ball better. I just, I, I could talk for three hours about which I can't stand watching that guy play. <laughs> but Rudy needs to be better. He, I will say this, Rudy is hustling. He's changing ends with speed. They don't throw the ball very much. Uh, but he, he's got to do more defensively. And he's got to sh- – he is the defensive player of the year twice in a row. Like, Ben Wallace might punch someone in the face for not playing defense. Mm-hmm. Like Rudy needs to establish that. I think he's been neutered a little bit because of what happened. Yep. He's got to yep. forget about it. It's over. It's not his fault that he tested positive. No one thinks that's intelligent, blames him for anything. He might have saved lives, actually. Go play defense and yell at people when they don't do it on your team. The Jazz have a worse defensive rating than the Brooklyn Nets this season. Yeah, yeah, they really dropped. And it's, they've been stellar for three or four years in a row. Yeah. I think that does it, right? Yeah. That was super fun. Hey, um, and, and on a high note, I think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, was, I was watching their offensive possessions to see if there was any sort of rift or anything, right? If anything, Donovan is almost over yeah. eating Rudy or looking for him so much. Um, I've talked to jazz players. Uh, it's, I mean, there's issues long-term probably, but none of it's, none of it's uh, manifesting itself now. Gonna, it ha- happen, manifests on, on the court. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, just because their personality is Rudy's kind of a diva. Rudy, Rudy's a bit of a pain in the ass. He's allowed to grow. I always say this, players allowed to grow up. It may have taken this to help Rudy realize that there's a bigger world out there, but, but there's every reason to think that he can. There's no reason mm-hmm. to think that he can't. Donovan has to grow up too. I almost put Donovan on this group. He's, he had this great last game, but he, he needs to be an all-star, and he's not been a consistent all-star to include popping Clarks on the top of the head. Like, bro, stop. Let us play a little bit, right? We've seen your, your shtick. Just go sit down for a while. That's why I say Quinn needs to put him in timeout. You're a dad. Timeout. Put him in timeout. We got halftime Mavs, Kings right now. Kings are up by four, and Nets just gave up the lead against the Bucks uh, with five minutes to go. So wow. for those who are listening at home, that's when we recorded this pod. Coach, this was awesome. Best of luck uh, getting your son up to FSU. And yes. uh, it, I, I've got the rest of the week here at the lake. And um, it, it really is having fun. It's, it's three in the afternoon, and we're talking about yeah. two games happening. I'm going to go watch the games. Who's going to hang up right now? Awesome. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Have a great one. Hey, be safe, Tom. See you, pal. All right, I want to thank uh, Coach Thorpe for joining me. He's, he's one of the best follows in the NBA. Go follow him at Coach Thorpe. Go read his stuff, his analysis at truehoop.com. Big shout out to him. Thanks for joining me. Also, last week, we had Neil Olshay, the president of basketball operations for the Portland Trailblazers. Lots of really cool stuff happening with them. Skinny Mello. Apparently, he's now Mel, just dropping the O. It's now Mel Anthony. Uh, talking Yusuf Nurkic, a little bit more on that, and uh, Damian Lillard. So go listen to that. Also, Adam Schefter was on the pod. Yeah, ESPN, NBA, sideline reporter slash NFL reporter. Adam Schefter was on the pod too. So go check out those podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Big help. And uh, until next time on The Haber Show.